Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. The title to today's podcast is Three Reasons Why Annihilationism is Incorrect. A reader recently responded to my post on heaven and hell by offering a detailed response supporting annihilationism or the theory that unbelievers of Jesus Christ will cease to exist at the point of death. There are many verses in scripture that document the conditions found in hell. To put it succinctly, annihilationists believe that humans cannot exist in that environment and will be quickly burned up. In my opinion, their theology misses three points from a biblical Christian worldview. The first point is mankind is made up of both the physical and the spiritual. The second point is scripture makes clear hell is an eternal condition for those unfortunate enough to find themselves there. And third, our ways are not God's ways. The creator of the universe can do whatever he wishes. The annihilationist responder to my article used a clear example of his premise. Quote, if you burn a piece of paper, nothing is left when it's fully burned up but ashes. That's a permanent transaction. The flames go out and the ashes are but dust of carbon, unquote. What the writer is missing in this analogy is that mankind is made up of two basic parts, the temporal or physical and the eternal or spiritual. For some theologians, the spiritual can be even further broken down into the spirit and the soul of man. In either case, this dichotomy represents a beautiful picture of man created in God's image found in Genesis 1.27. The scripture further documents this in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, which reads, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Man is not limited to his body alone. We have a soul or spirit that resides within us. Note, for example, God's statement in Ecclesiastes when he says in 12.7, The dust, which is a reference to man, returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. The context of this verse makes it clear that this quote-unquote spirit is not limited to the saved, but refers to the judgments of the great white throne and the judgment seat of Christ. God applies his righteousness to mankind upon our death, separating the saved and the lost to heaven and hell respectively. Matthew 3.12 In the New Testament, this difference between our physical body An eternal soul can be found uh, in Matthew 10.28, which reads, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. This construct also appears in 1 Corinthians 5.5, James 2.26, and 2 Corinthians 7.1. Second point, mankind, what we are made of, matters. The flawed illustration of mankind as quote-unquote burning paper ignores our spiritual side. When we are resurrected, 
we will have new bodies that are made to last for eternity. The annihilationist is incorrectly applying the physical construct of the human body as being all that we are. We are so much more than mere flesh and bones. Consider, for a moment, the cremation of a born-again Christian. Most denialists believe in an eternal heaven. They don't deny such verses as 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 58, which speak to the eternity of paradise that the born-again believer will enjoy. How can one explain the resurrection of born-again believers who have been cremated, their bodies burned to ashes, or those who have fully decomposed in graves or lost at sea? Third point, Scripture makes clear hell is eternal. The physical body represents only part of who we are. Mankind has both a physical nature and a supernatural one. The physical may be destroyed, However, the supernatural is eternal, regardless of our state of sin. Mark 9:47 b through 48. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. This is Jesus quoting Isaiah 66:44, which refers to those destined to eternity in hell, where, quote, their fire shall not be quenched, unquote. In Luke 16, Jesus provides further evidence for the eternal condition of those who are not in heavenly paradise. Beyond the bounds of this post, it offers a view into the temporary hell that sadly awaits all those who do not follow Christ and is a precursor to the final resting place in the lake of fire, which is identified in Revelation 20.15. The rich man is communicating with Abraham, referring to his agony by saying, that he is in anguish in the flame, a reference to Luke 16:24. The Bible is noting the eternal spirit of this rich man who is suffering in continuous torture long after his physical death. So the writer who supports annihilationism offered a number of scripture to support his claim that mankind will cease to exist at death. Those verses uh, will follow along with my response. Jude 1, 7 and 2 Peter 2.6 are reference to the burning of Sodom and Gomorrah as a literal burning of cities which are not still burning today, was the reference to this writer. My response is that these are physical places, like any other physical reference in Scripture, and they follow physical laws. In this world, the physical changes state when burned. God created the universe a better example of my point can be found in Daniel 3, 8 through 30. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived the fiery furnace of Nebuchadnezzar. If God wants to keep mankind, even in the physical realm, from burning, he has the power to abrogate physical laws. Revelation 14:11 was used by the annihilationist to suggest that those destined to hell, quote, burn up completely, unquote. However, the verse actually defines itself as eternal punishment by saying, quote, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, these worshipers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name forever and ever. Finally, Revelation 21.4 was quoted as a reference to the Lord wiping away every tear from her eyes in heaven, where there will be no more death or crying or pain. 
This is a beautiful verse with a mystery on why we will need our tears wiped away, again beyond the bounds of this post. However, this verse does not reference or support the annihilation of the lost, who will remain in hell, also sadly in the state of eternal condemnation. And finally, the third point, our ways are not God's ways. I have invested the time on this subject because annihilationism is not uncommon in our culture. Often, it stems from a belief that an omnipotent, omniscient, loving God could not possibly allow eternal punishment for the sins of man. The existence of hell is one of the primary blocks to many accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Candidly, there is no easy way to offer a rationalization, much less comfort, to those who refuse to see God the way he commands us to. It's why many turned away from Jesus and why so many still resist today. A reference to Matthew ten fourteen and 15. The unvarnished truth is that God's ways are above our ways. Isaiah 55, 8. And we have little right as the clay to question the potter. Isaiah 64, 8. It's only through faith and trust that though we may not see the justification for hell in this life, we will understand it in the next. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. The rich man in Luke 16 referenced earlier did not challenge his fate or punishment when talking to Abraham. He only asked that his brothers not have to experience the same torturous state. So conclusion, of course, the solution to all this is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It's a free gift from God regardless of what you've done in the past. Even on the cross, one of the two thieves who were crucified along with Jesus was told, quote, Today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23:43. So pray to the Lord, recognizing you're a sinner, that he died on the cross for your sins, and ask him to come into your heart and save your soul. He will do that at this very moment. God bless you. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.